Movie Franchise 4, The Quest for Sequels. I'm Tyler Dennering. I'm Connery Anson. And today we have a lovely guest. She's a special effects makeup artist. She's a cosplayer. She's telling me to stop or something. I don't know. She's also a dear friend, Alyssa Hi. Wise. It's a, everyone else said their name, so I thought I was supposed to say my name at that point, but that wasn't the case. So. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, don't edit any of this. <laughs> Never. Never, no. <laughs> this is a new podcast, but welcome to it. Um, and today we are covering Hunger Games. I guess you could say part two, even though it's not part of the title. Uh, Catching Fire. Woohoo! <sighs> Insert audio clip here. I never thought that I would be in the Hunger Games again, but here we are. Katniss, no, you, I can't let you do this again. Peta, Gail, how can I choose? You're a vampire. You're a werewolf. And we got to compete in this game. <laughs> Did we watch the same movie? <laughs> one, yeah, one's, one's a Frankenstein. One's a werewolf. Another's Van Helsing. They're all I New Frankenstein starring Aaron Serkis. <laughs> um, so I guess to get started, Alyssa, you wanted to be on the Hunger Games franchise, yeah. which is our first. Um, can you tell me why? And like you told me it was one of your favorite franchises, or at least that you watch it at least twice a year. Wow, really? So, it's a comfort movie for me, like, which is weird since it's so bleak and like, kind of depressing. But I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, they feel good for me. I read like the entire book series in a week when I was, I think I was like twenty or so. But uh, yeah, I, I went and I got the first book, and I remember taking it home and I read it in two days. And then I went back the next day and bought the next two books, and I read those both in like the next three days. So I was. Pretty stoked for the movies. Nice. So you had read like the whole franchise before you saw yeah. the first one. And it's like pretty similar to you, right, Connery? Yeah, we're in the same boat, Alyssa. I, I had I didn't get them all at the same time. I kinda like I read them while they were mm-hmm. coming out. And so uh yeah, a little different, but I, I remember uh being a maybe senior was one yeah. year in high school when the last one came out. And I was like a little over it, but I remember Grayson was still into it, and my sister. And then like I was, and I was at like our like local bookstore, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna get one for me, one for her, and we're, we're just both gonna read it, and it'll be fun. Yeah, the final one. That one was probably the most depressing one, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. But I, I like that the series kind of is realistic, you know, in a way. So the ending, yeah. even though it was depressing, it's realistic. Which I liked. Mm. Stays true to its roots. Yeah, and that's something in part like, so the first time I saw this franchise was last year, or maybe like technically 2018. That's the first time you'd seen them. You hadn't seen them. Yeah. That's crazy. I never saw them in theaters or anything. And, um, you know, I probably didn't like appreciate it as much as I should have because I'm just like, oh, it's just like another like <laughs> franchise, like, I don't know, like young adult thing, which is easy to take for <laughs> granted, I guess. Maybe I just assumed it was more like Twilight oh. than than like Harry Potter, but it's actually like kind of like obviously Harry Potter's great, but like there's a lot of things in the Hunger Games series that I actually like I never I still haven't read the books, but there's a lot of stuff that I have like come to really appreciate that like work for me personally. And I just, feel like the first one takes a lot of like influence from Twilight in some aspects, but I feel like the second one it, it fully comes yeah. in, into its own. Yeah, it's like crazy how political it becomes like, or it's just like interested in like how politics work and like the media. Um, I don't know, I guess like throughout the whole series. So I was just really surprised by that. Well, part of why I really liked the movie series actually was because it stayed so true to the books. And that's like, 
one of the first book franchise movie franchises that I think successfully like really captured that for me. And I think that's part of why I liked it so much. So I don't even think you really need to read the books to get a totally different experience of it. Like the way you would with like Harry Potter or something like that. So. No, I I agree. I agree very much with that. It it stayed very, very true to like the books, like to the, Mm -hmm. to, to like the T almost, which is really cool. Yeah. And considering some things like in the movies that like, I feel like they're still pretty comprehensive and like easy to understand without me having read the books. Like my only complaint narratively, I guess in the first movie is just like, I wish there was more stuff with Rue just so like I understood more Mm -hmm. because there's even more stuff with Rue and catching fire. It's like, Oh, this would mean a lot more if they like spent some more time with her in the first movie. But other than that, like, it still is like effective. You just don't have as much as like a book, but yeah. like con- contrasting that to like Harry Potter movies, which I like a lot, like especially like the early ones. Like I feel like they cut out a lot of stuff. They cut out so much. Well, the Harry Potter books, they're they're big bricks. Like they're brick yeah. books. They're huge. Yeah. Or like Dobby is like in the second and sixth movies, but he's kind of like throughout the whole franchise. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it doesn't have as much of an impact, I guess, yeah. in the sixth. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Oh, come on. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't Hermione lead some kind of like house elf revolt in the books or something like that? Yeah, it's like ELF, right? Yeah. Oh, Spew. Spew, yeah, yeah. Spew. Yeah, and I liked that. Like, there's a whole, uh, like, the kitchen elves and Mm -hmm. stuff. They, like, revolted. But I guess it gets a bit, like, a little bit Bombadil-ish, where it's just like, I guess it's not totally necessary. Yeah. yeah. Like, I get why. But that's why it's, like, it's definitely worth reading the Harry Potter books to get more of an experience from that story. But, like, Hunger Games, you really don't necessarily need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, would you say this is your favorite film in the franchise? Yeah, yeah, I would, because I like the game aspect of the Hunger Games series. So you get that, but then you also get it finally kind of like diving into the society where this happens and getting like a lot more information on that. And I think like after the first book and movie ended, I like the book, especially, I mean, I was kind of like, where is this going for the next two books? Because I was like, there's no way like she's going to be doing the game again. So I had no idea where the franchise was going, but then like, Oh wow. So she's going to do the game again, but we get all this extra stuff. It was like, I don't know. I think that's why. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's my favorite. Yeah, it's pretty cool to me that, like, I, I don't know which one's my favorite because, I, again, I've only seen most of them. Well, I've seen the first two twice now because we're going through these. <laughs> but I've, I've seen them all basically as a franchise, like, once. And there's stuff I like a lot about the third and fourth that, like, I don't think they're nearly as, like, fun of movies or entertaining. But, like, there's a lot of interesting. It's kind of like the prequel trilogies yeah. like we mentioned, like... <laughs> In the first episode, where it's just like, oh, there's a bunch of interesting stuff that I like, but like, obviously, like, it's not actually that great when you have to watch it, but it's just like, stuff you. That you think, oh, wow. Yeah, Sebulba is the best. Sebulba always wins. <laughs> he always wins. I, I literally ca- I can't remember the name of the, the blue guy that flies. I almost called him like Watto. Jambalaya by mistake. Jambalaya. <laughs> Watto. Watto, that's right. Um, but yeah, I definitely appreciate like the first time I watched this through, I'm like, oh, Catching Fire is definitely my favorite. I don't know yet mm-hmm. like anymore, but like it's basically a good combination of like ramping up the stakes of the first one by being like, the series is called mm-hmm. The Hunger Games, it's, and this one has a Hunger Game in it again. And it's like ramping up the stakes of, uh, is, that, is that what it's called? Or a reef? I don't know. No, you're right. right. It's a Hunger no, Games. No, they're the Hunger Games. Yeah. Yeah. But why is but, it called um, that? 
Well, they're all so hungry. <laughs> but they're like not. They're they were like, thirsty more than anything one. in this one. <laughs> they were. They were. <laughs> yeah. Title for this episode. There we go. Thirsty games. The thirsty games. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different kind of game. Uh, but yeah, it's like a really good. It's kind of. I don't know if Empire Strikes Back is the best comparison, but it's kind of like. It's like the best of both worlds where it's still really entertaining, but it still like ramps mm-hmm. things up. Where it really puts your, your main character into the position where it's just like, I really don't know where this is going. And it's not. It's like open ended and it's. And you're just not sure, but it was still like a lot of fun to watch. And there's just like a lot of characters I like. Yeah, it. for sure. Uh, watching this one after the first Hunger Games, I was like, I, I like this one a whole lot more. Like, I remember watching and actually having fun at several parts where I think the first Hunger Games, I had like two or three moments where I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But then like this one, I, I was kind of having fun the entire time watching it which is really great and i I like that it was much more colorful and you're not watching as many kids get killed so i think yeah it's it's more like adult people that are getting like smashed which i'm fine fine with yeah it's fine (laughs) (laughs) anyways i'll just like throw out some quick facts uh before we get into like the actual plot which like the help of amazon trivia actually told me these things i like this segment but um yeah (laughs) sponsored by amazon (laughs) trivia it was the highest grossing movie of 2013 which i i think 2013 is like a really weird year in movies in general because there's like a lot of changing from shooting film to shooting digital part of me wants to ask you like what else came out that year but i don't want to put you on the spot (laughs) uh i can definitely tell you last vegas came out oh well there you go A true rival to the Hunger Games catching fire. (laughs) Um, It's kind of like maybe Robert De Niro's like worst year in movies because he just did like a lot of like those kinds of movies that year. But um, anyways, they did shoot this movie on film still. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Like just in terms of that time, like it's basically like the the resolution of like shooting digitally was just like not nearly as close to film. So it just was going to look better. And I just, like, appreciate that they did that in this. But anyways, I guess it was the highest grossing movie of 2013, which is pretty cool. Like, I don't really know what other blockbusters came out that year because this was, like, before Star Wars again and stuff. Any Marvel movies? uh, I'm sure. I don't know. Was that, like, no, Winter Soldier was 2014. So that was right before then. Thor Dark World. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's also the first film to top the box office with a female protagonist. uh, and. With like the marketing what? focus being solely on her since since Sound of Music apparently at least that's what Amazon oh, trivia told me. Dang. Wow, which wow. is 1965, so that's uh, like almost 50 years, Jeez. which is like really cool, but also like really fucked up at the same time. Yeah. It's sad and fun. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully that doesn't keep happening. Uh, I'm sure right. there's hopefully another movie that's made that much since then. Probably Wonder Woman. Yeah, I guess you're right. Wonder Woman! The director of this movie is Francis Lawrence. The first movie was Gary Ross, but this one was uh, the first time Francis Lawrence took over and he went to direct the rest of them. Um, I was looking into what else he did. Uh, for one, he did Lady Gaga's Bad Romance video, which I actually <laughs> oh. watched before, before watching the movie. And I'm like, wow, this is very 2009. Like, it's very like... Um, Oh, what's the word? Just like kind of tacky looking back. It's just like funny how much stuff changes in like 10 years. So he directed like Constantine, which I I do like a lot. Like I know it's not like a great movie, but like I I just had a lot of fun with that movie. It is a fun movie. He did I Am Legend, which like I feel like everybody's seen. And then Water for Elephants, which I never got around to. That was good. I actually really liked that movie. That's with Mm -hmm. Robert Patterson and Reese Witherspoon, right? 
That's like the first thing I saw Robert Pattinson in outside of Twilight, and I was like, oh, okay, he actually is a good actor. So. Yeah, I heard it was. I heard it was pretty good. And then other than that, he just directed Red Sparrow, which I never saw. But that was like you know, I like the follow that. up. That, that was J Law, right? Oh, that was hard to watch. <laughs> really. Uh. <laughs> It just seemed very like much like Black Widow, which is also coming out this year. No, except it wasn't fun. It was very bleak and just like there's like this torture scene that has stuck with me and like scarred me. It has to do with like a a, some sort of tool that like peels like bits of your skin (sighs) off like a little bit at a time. So, I don't want to do that. Oh yeah, the last thing I was gonna say, rewatching the Bad Romance music video, which I haven't seen in like a decade or whatever. I don't know, I feel like every artist, like their style just like goes throughout their whole career, For typically. Sure. But the only thing I could find like between the two things that's similar is that her bed catches fire in in Bad Romance. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the name of the movie and that's all I could come up with. It's almost the same. Yeah, it's the same movie. Same thing. <laughs> um, Hunger Games, Mattress on Fire. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we can get into the actual movie now. Oh, okay. We're not going to do what you've been watching? Oh, yeah. I forgot. Sorry. I don't know what this podcast <laughs> is. <laughs> We're I, I learning. It's the second I episode. I should have done this before talking about the beginning of the movie. But anyways. <laughs> um, cares? We're sidetracking. It's our show. <laughs> yeah. Alyssa, I'll check in with you first. Okay. Last time we recorded... Full disclosure is two days ago because I love timestamping this thing. <laughs> Date us. What's new with you during all this like coronavirus sucky stuff and like what have you been watching or playing or keeping preoccupied with? I have been playing Persona 5, which oh. I bought well over a year ago and never really got around to it. And now in the last like few days, I'm a good like 40 hours into that game. So, what mainly did you, that. What did you think of, like, the, the weird painter man mission and, like, the weird gym, gym man? And... I just finished those two, actually, both of those. Like, that's kind of where I'm at is, like, just finished that. But it's very... I don't know what it is. I think maybe it's because in the game you can go, like, spend time, like, going out to see a movie and, like, all these <laughs> things that we can't do right now. So it's kind of, like, making me feel like I'm alive again in a way yeah persona's pretty immersive like that (laughs) yeah yeah i have been like wanting to watch or having wanting to play like the sims again recently because i'm like how do i human (laughs) i know i considered making a second life account i was like should i just do that and like live and live in a website from now on but yeah hasn't gotten to that point yet i mean we're only a weekend so give it another couple weeks and we'll see um then we'll snap yeah um watching wise uh the new season of westworld oh how's that it is very good that is probably like one of my favorite shows it's so each season like this is only the third season it's already starting off just like really really strong so i'm excited to see what happens in the next eight episodes of that sick nice if you don't watch it i highly recommend give it a go uh, yeah, I've only seen the pilot, so, like, I need to get around, and, like, I'm typically terrible at watching TV shows, just because, like, they take a lot longer than movies. It's a pretty easy one, though, because it's only, there's only two full seasons, and they're only ten episodes mm-hmm. each, so there's only 
Yeah, 20 hours out there right now. Just 20 hours of content time. Yeah, you can do that in a day. <laughs> <laughs> How many I'll movies get, can you watch in between there? <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll take HBO again. Um, yeah, Connery, what's, what have you been doing in the past two days? <laughs> For the past two days. Well, today I decided to really, on the subject of creating other lives, I have really dived into Animal Crossing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. And so I have really established myself. I got really mad that the rec... I, it's my first Animal Crossing game I've ever played. So the raccoon made me get really in debt and that made me mad. So I went fishing <laughs> for a long time <laughs> and then I paid off my debt. Like, I feel like I grinded. And I should have been doing like other stuff to like upgrade and actually get a house and not have a shitty tent where I have like all this like crap in my backyard. <laughs> Just, I look like a dirty hoarder. Like it's, it's the worst thing in the world. But I'm like, but I'm debt free. <laughs> Did you go fishing to make money back or just because you were mad at the raccoon? <laughs> Despite the raccoon, I killed a bunch of fish. <laughs> no, it, it, the, you can sell the fish for money. But just this morning, because I knew we were going to have this conversation, I watched The Descent because Tyler's recommended oh. that to me a couple times. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what were your thoughts on that? I didn't know there were going to be monsters for a little bit. Wait, wait actually, don't spoil. I was. I almost watched that last week. I was How does this happen to it? me every time? <laughs> Connery, tell us what you thought without saying anything. Did you like it? Yeah, give a non-spoiler. <laughs> I, I did. I did like it. It's definitely scary when when the I, you know there's a monster now. Surprise! But um, when the monster first showed up, I literally screamed. I get like a. Oh! Yeah. Like, I literally jumped when it first showed up, which I thought was really... I'm like, oh, so obviously I'm gripped by this movie. It was so cool. I, I, I really enjoyed it. It may be really claustrophobic and it's a very tense movie. Um, but yeah, overall, enjoyed it. And then uh, watched a few more episodes of The Outsider and did some work. And here we are. Nice. The Outsider. Yeah, that was pretty good. Finished that one um, a couple weeks ago or whenever the last episode was. Now, don't spoil it for me, <laughs> even though I, I ruined the descent for you. <laughs> That's okay. Actually, for The Outsider, I read the book for that one, and they've changed a lot for the show, oh, yeah? but I think for, for the better. That's good. I think Stephen King's writing is kind of boring sometimes. <laughs> I agree with that. I started the first, I, I bought like, the audiobook version of that, funny mm -hmm. enough, and I started like listening to it, and I got really bored, and I stopped. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah the only the only Stephen King book I've actually read uh is on writing which is like his book about writing that I had to read <laughs> in like high school English and like I just never I don't know I just never got around to reading any of his books but um maybe I should I don't know there's just like so many it's like so many there's so much so many movies and shows coming out that's like based on his work now that I'm like mm. yeah how and am I, I even gonna get to his books <laughs> but I feel like they like the movies and shows kind of do a better job of taking like the best parts of his plot and then turning it into a more i don't know well-rounded like cohesive narrative yeah he, he just he just tends to meander a little bit as well. yeah exactly which yeah. In, a, in a book you can do like you can do that yeah and like again i haven't read any of these books but at least for me like uh the first chapter of it of the movies like i liked a lot and then the mm -hmm. second one definitely felt more like it was like a book written in the 80s yeah, there's like a lot of stuff I didn't like as much. Like it was still fun, but it just wasn't. Uh, I didn't like it nearly as much because of it. It felt more like it was adhering to some sort of like source text kind of thing than the first mm -hmm. one. Tyler, what have you been watching? Uh, I was just gonna say before that, I definitely recommend The Descent. 
uh, <laughs> Alyssa, you should check it out. I think it's really cool, and it's the kind of things that like actually terrify me. Like, like Connery, I know like ghosts and stuff scare you more, mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. And, like, I like ghost movies a lot, but the things that actually terrify me are things that like I find like more plausible in the world, even if it's like really outlandish. Ghosts are real, Tyler. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to be like, yeah, plausible. You're an idiot, but like, basically, I just mean like things that are like. Oh, like this kind of almost makes sense, like evolutionarily mm. in a way, without like re- revealing anything. But yeah. the director went on to like direct some of the best episodes of Game of Thrones, I guess. Um, oh, really? Some of the big battles and stuff. Uh, Neil Jordan, I think, is or Neil Marshall. But um, uh, I was just gonna say, like, it's pretty cool for like a movie in two thousand six, like a horror movie. Like the whole cast are women that are like mm. spelunkers going to this cave, and it doesn't. I at least from what I remember watching it like two years ago, like basically like two thousand. Like mid two thousands, I feel like there's a lot of really bad like uh, horror movies in terms of treating women crappy and stuff like that. But basically, like I don't remember it really doing that in the movie. So it's just kind of like it's kind of like an anomaly for that time in horror movies. Anyways, uh, I haven't really been watching too much in the past two days. I watched like the new episode of uh, the Clone Wars TV show on Sick. Disney Plus. Uh, I've just been following that every week. I'm on season two of Rebels now because I never watched it until it got on Disney Plus. Cool. Yeah, I don't know. Like, they're both just like obviously kid shows, but I just kind of like watch anything Star Wars related. <laughs> it's like and, watching um, Avatar The Last Airbender. It's fun. Yeah. I guess the main takeaway from The Clone Wars, the newest season, is like, especially after, like, because I watched most of The Clone Wars when it was coming out or like when it came out on Netflix. And like, I saw the movie when it came out in theaters, like in like 2007. And it's just like, like, I don't know, there's interesting stories, but I feel like the, the animation was, like, very blocky. And it's just, like, amazing in this year, like, how much the animation has gotten better since, like, 13 years ago in terms of, like, the fight scenes and stuff. Like, there's a lot of, like, really good camera work, actually. So, like, all the fight yeah. battle scenes are really cool. And that's about it. But uh, should we go back to talking about the movie? <laughs> movie time! I mean, sure. <laughs> Who wants to start? Do you want to start, Tyler? Do you want to hit, Connor, hit, you hit should start, because I feel like I've already been talking a lot. All right. Well, so welcome to the opening of Catching Fire, the return of Hunger Games. Um, So it's winter. Um, Katniss is on the hunt back at home in good old District 12. Uh, We see that Gail comes up for a talk. Um, They're hunting turkeys together. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, sorry, I'm already interrupting you. But just like, there's just some lines in the first movie that like Liam says that I'm just like, I think are funny and like. I'm guessing in the book he just has more stuff to do, but like a lot in these first two movies, he doesn't have too much to do. No, he literally like she does. She kisses Peta. We cut to him being sad. She cuts. She kisses Peta. We cut to him being sad. <laughs> yeah, and just like his accent, he's just like saw some turkeys on the way here. It's just like what are you talking about? He's gone more southern. He's gone into the mine and become more southern. <laughs> But then I was also, the turkeys reminded me, I wrote down Alyssa, because are the turkeys still around your parents' place, Alyssa? There are, there are loads of them, and I've been contemplating, like, at what point in this whole, (laughs) like, situation that we're in, do we start hunting the turkeys, and, like, stringing them up on the side of the shed? You have an endless source of food! Exactly, I'm like, these are gonna be the first things to go. Once all of like the rich white old people in this neighborhood realize like what's going on, because right now they're out playing golf still, like they're still out there every day acting like nothing's wrong. So I kind of want to get a leg up and start getting some of these turkeys. Get a turkey leg up. Yeah. Gobble gobble. 
unfortunately, our lives are all becoming closer to the Hunger Games reality. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was just going to say I like like the intro of this a lot because there's no even opening credits. And, like, mm-hmm. it feels very naturalistic and almost, like, feels like The Revenant or something like that. But... Oh, totally. It's very bleak. Very. <laughs> and then the bear mauls Katniss. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, bear comes in. Devours um... all the turkeys and shits on Galen and walks away. <laughs> So they're just like talking about stuff and then Yeah, and what uh, happens apparently, uh, yeah, Gail's working in the mine now. Um Kat has serious PTSD from uh from the Hunger Games still. She's about to shoot a turkey and then she sees her killing uh Marvel. Jack Quaid. Jack oh, Quaid. <laughs> oh, is that no, Dennis Quaid's son? Dennis Quaid and Mae Grant's oh. son, Jack Quaid. <laughs> Whoa. Star of the TV show The Boys. Oh, Have you watched that, that is yet? him. I knew yeah. he looked familiar. Yeah. The boys? The boys on Amazon. Oh, the boys. I was like, is is boys like an offshoot of girls? But I'm like, oh no, the boys. That's kind <laughs> of like, boys. The boys um, are back in town. I was just gonna say, I just watched Far From Heaven. Lily showed it to me, but good Dennis Quaid stuff going on there. Um, Pandora also a good Dennis Quaid. Play. <laughs> oh yeah. You kind of fell asleep when you were watching that. So. <laughs> to be fair, it was like the twelfth movie in a snowstorm, <laughs> but it was good. <laughs> Oh boy! So I was I would say this opening. I like the music in this one a lot. I will say that I think the music is really good in this one. Yeah, I'm like oh yeah, the music's pretty good in this franchise. And so Katniss asks Gail to join her, say goodbye, because her and Peter are going on tour to all the different districts to their little victory lap. And he says no. Um, they they like each other now, I guess a little more. Gail kisses her, and Katniss seems conflicted and kind of into it because i remember gail saying like i had to do that just once and then like leaves and she kind of like makes no expression whatsoever as he walks away <laughs> most of the What's movie that? she kind of has no expression or she's yelling it's one <laughs> <Yeah>. or the <laughs> other <laughs> but that's who she is in the book too so she did it right she yeah. that's uh, what, is she like really yelly in the book because like it's like lily was commenting on it while i was watching it she's going in and out and it's like Oh, yeah, she's supposed to be, like, very, like, reserved person, like, not that personable, but then she's also just, like, screaming a lot in this movie, but does she do that in the book, too, or? Yeah, I mean, she screamed when it was appropriate, I felt, Mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, she kind of keeps her emotions more to herself, unless, like, the emotion is panic. Yeah, anyway, Kat's conflicted. We see a different cat be angry at her than the one that was in the first movie <laughs> was it the same cat though like no, that's it's, what I, <laughs> it's, I think it's supposed to be the same cat i wrote down different cat especially because it's haymitch's house but then it, the cat the same cat rep- appears again at, at her house so i'm like i guess that's her cat but not her cat oh is it haymitch's cat no it, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be her angry old cat yeah there's just like an angry cat in the first two movies but like in the first one it was like black and white right in this one it's like a tabby cat no, it's black and white in this one. It is? I no, think it's so. Not. It's like I don't know. we're talking about like, it's a like a mini... tabby cat. <laughs> talking about like a really specific thing. I don't remember. I'm specifically pointing this out in the Hunger Games and it ruined the movie for me. <laughs> and that's where my notes end. <laughs> no. Yeah, the cat. She's just not a cat person, obviously. Um, so she goes to Haymitch's house and again, tour day. Um, Peta and Cat are distant towards each other and a little awkward and Hamish is like oh you guys are gonna have to probably do some warm-ups for the big uh, love routine before all this starts oh Wait, yeah can I, can I interject briefly of Feel course free. we also we had the introduction of president snow and i felt like right. that was a pretty good like villain introduction my notes say half fur suit jacket slash stylish 
stylish Chris Kringle. So that's kind of the vibe. He's, <laughs> he's an evil Chris Kringle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he played it very well with the kind of just quiet, but like you felt the threat, even though he like didn't come across as like threatening at all. It was like, I don't know. It was in the eyes. He's very good at playing playing Snow. Like, I I Mm -hmm. like him as the bad guy in this a lot. It's another thing that, like, yeah, I'll get into, like, later with different characters. But basically, like, I already said in the first episode, like, the casting in these movies is actually, like, it's really good. And, like, Mm -hmm. even some actors that, like, I feel like they're not given that much to work with, like, maybe, like, Jeffrey Wright. But, like, they're just in it and, like, they do a really good job. Yeah. That, like, otherwise those characters, like, if it was, like, a like a not as experienced actor or something, it might be kind of an annoying character. But they just, like, cast really well. I was just going to say before she talks to Snow, President Snow or whatever, like, she wakes up Hamish. Hamish. Which I didn't. I thought his name was Hamish this whole time. But it's Hamish. Hey, Mitch. I, I was curious. Like, am I wrong? Yeah, but um, she wakes him up with like spilling water on him because he's drunk again. And I just like my first thought was just like, Hey, Mitch should be like really, really bloated and like have organ failure at this point. Like, I just, I just want a scene where like he just like opens up his shirt and his stomach is just like terrifying because all he does is or he's drink. Wearing, he's wearing like a big like capital garter kind of or like a corset kind of thing. He just undoes yeah. and goes <laughs> And just thinking like if he actually had to fight in the Hunger Games now, like he would just be like in withdrawals or something like he's like tonic this sponsor be sending him booze his like one note is like i'm extremely drunk (laughs) throughout the whole thing and then of course the first time they show Peta in this movie he's like katniss do you want some bread (laughs) he's just do you remember remember the callback to the bread remember that remember the hog bread but like all these things like are the things i like about this franchise where it's like if there was a lot more stuff like this it would be just like annoying and stupid but like it still just feels like goofy stuff going on and then even sometimes i'm like this is too goofy and then katniss will be like wait why is this so goofy in the movie and i'm like oh yeah okay cool like they're at least dressing it but (laughs) anyways i guess we should uh keep going through the plot we got all night um (laughs) (laughs) so she heads back to her place where president snow is waiting for her government agents um take her to i guess her office and Snow is there waiting. He's like, well, here we are. It's tour day. I want you guys to really convince everyone that you love each other. And this what this is like a thing and not incite rebellion. Because guess what? Rebelling is happening. And Katniss is like, well, that's no big deal to me. And he's like, if you don't do this, I will kill your family and everyone you love. And she's like, okay, gotcha. Thumbs up. I'll do it. <laughs> and which I, I mean, that's. That's all it took, the threatening of her loved ones. She was also like, like right before she asked, I was like, wow, really? Like just those berries like caused all these problems. And then Katniss is like, all this because of some berries? I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like they're addressing it. I'm just like, man, like President Snow is really like, like not that anybody should be a good dictator, obviously, but like <laughs> he's just like hanging on by a thread at this point. Like he's he's a he's a worrywart. It's like oh, it seems a little precautious, but then also as you see later, like all the districts are just like already revolting. I'm like, man, like he does not run his government very well. Like no. maybe he should stop killing kids or something. Like <laughs> maybe do something that doesn't do stuff like that. So yeah, says he ruined her life. Um, yeah, he just says, uh, "Make me believe you guys love each other," and she's like, "All right, I'll try." And we also learned District 13 was destroyed because they chose to rebel. And so the stakes are high. If she doesn't make it look like that her and Peter are in a loving relationship, 
um, he will probably do the same thing to District 12. And he also threatens to kill Gale, too, which is another thing. Oh, yeah. And then I think at this point, Lenny Kravitz shows up again. <laughs> yes. On and the like gold Kravitz eyeshadow works for him. <laughs> I hope he's wearing that every day now after that, that franchise because it really... Wow. Yeah. Oh wait. Oh wait. 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 No. Before that, it's it's my my favorite scene in the entire movie where they're kind of doing their their little press conference with a Caesar with a Stanley Tucci. Oh yeah. And and they go out and I'm expecting this like big crowd of people and it's just like this like ca- these two Awkward cameras on like cameras. dolly tracks. Oh right. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's my favorite thing and it's my favorite shot in the entire movie. And he's like, oh come on, tell us more. It's just that camera like zooming in and like lens <laughs> focusing on them. I was like. I, I want so much more. I love like creepy dystopian robot things like that. It's another thing with like just how much this franchise like focused on like media manipulation and stuff like that. I'm just like, man, like this whole Hunger Games thing is like a really like fucked up like state mandated version of The Bachelor or something. Where it's just like hoping that something like The Bachelor would keep everybody together or something. Like <laughs> exactly. Like it doesn't seem like a very good form of governance. Once again, like <laughs> it probably won't work, but. So even if they did love each other, they didn't. They defied the capital together. <laughs> so then I guess Lenny Kyle shows up after that. And I don't yes. remember if I noticed this in the first one, but it's just like, you know how Effie just has like all these like crazy costumes all the time. And then like, mm-hmm. uh, what's the name? Cena? Is it C- <laughs> Cena? Cena? Not John Cena. Um, <laughs> he like he's the he's the designer and stuff. And like he makes really cool costumes. But I just really noticed in this time, like he really wears like very stripped down like clothing and it's like yeah. oh he's just like very confident in his style that like he doesn't need to wear anything crazy because he makes like he's just like i don't know i just thought it was cool how his his whole uh wardrobe basically is just like casual pretty like but still like classy like stripped down like black clothing and stuff and it's supposed to like sure. offset him from the rest of the capital people and show he's not he's not the same as them but he's still really cool looking and stylish so. yeah, he's got like that gold lipstick on too or something right yeah <laughs> yeah he's, he's, yeah. He, he still looks like an icon but <laughs> he's like really cool by doing a very little like he gets yes, a lot he's minimalist. of maximum impact or something but yeah <laughs> stanley tucci has purple hair in this one instead of blue yes, he does. and a ponytail <laughs> and uh yeah so they get on the train uh, i think Peta and katniss have a little heart to heart and you reconcile again after I guess not even really speaking to each other the months they've been back at District 12. Then we arrive at the police state of District 11, where it looks like the peacekeepers have just been taken over the entire thing. How do you guys feel about the peacekeeper redesign in this one? Yeah, I do think it's a lot better because I, I yeah. complained about the police in the first one. that They like just look kind of dorky a little bit. And I don't know. I think they look a little cooler in this. I mean, obviously, they're still fascists. So it's like, <laughs> like a whole <laughs> lot of like fascist design, like with like... You know, Star Wars and the Stormtroopers and stuff is like, oh, like make them look cool. So that, like people kind of wanted in a way that's like the whole ideology behind it. It's like people want to join. I think they look more like robots, like yeah. AI kind of like yeah. retro is like retro futurism type robots as opposed mm. to like a person. Like it makes them inhuman, I think, as opposed to like a cool looking uniform. Yeah. Yeah. It really removes, like, the pers- personality in it at all. Because, like, you don't even think that they're people anymore. Yeah. So Their, their helmets don't even have, like, kind of the face structure that, that a stormtrooper does. It's literally just the motorcycle black helmet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. And it, I guess it kind of, like, it, it's, like, 
being a good sequel and that like it raises the stakes in so many different ways mm-hmm. and like that's one of them it's just like oh like the bad guys are even more bad now because they're even less human so um district 11 is where rue and uh thresh is th- from thresh is the guy who saved katniss's life in the first one or chose to spare her afterwards and uh the both those families who lost the both those kids are on like pedestals and it's very sad to see and Katniss and Peta give this really kind of stilted speech at first then Peta throws the cards aside and he promises basically a month of their earnings to go to each of the families for ever ever. Yeah. yeah which is really cool and everyone seems like okay that's cool and then they're supposed to leave and then Katniss decides to give one more further impassioned speech just talking about rue and how thresh showed her mercy and uh the audience sympathizes with her I, that the old man gives like the three Ugh. finger salute thing right oh yeah yeah he starts that up yeah and then <laughs> some people do the same mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the peacekeepers like immediately come down and just squish that and they kill him Executed. in from the entire crowd oh. which is absolutely horrified I, I i literally was like oh they take him out and they like beat him up and i was like oh i forgot they executed in front of everybody that's horrifying yeah the way they shoot that's like really effective too because it's like just as the doors are closing mm-hmm. and then like the gun goes off it's like wow that's like both both these movies i guess especially the first one because you just see kids straight up getting killed and blood everywhere it's like i'm really surprised these are pg-13 because like there's some like brutal stuff sometimes. So I'm just like, oh okay, this is just like I feel like this is just on the cusp of it being R-rated, and they had to cut down a few things. Yeah, we cut into the mansion. Of course, things are running tense now. Um, I think uh, Katniss now relays to the whole team what what her deal with her and Snow is, and they're like, well, that would have been helpful to know beforehand. <laughs> and so, so they're like, we can't keep inciting rebellion now. Like we have to like double down on being capital darlings. And so we have like a montage doing district tours, um, Katniss and Peta going over everything and just kind of reading from the cue cards. Audience gets more and more angry. Rebellion seems to be happening no matter what. Yeah, like they're not even doing that much. And then everyone's like really mad. Just like, yeah, everyone's like, say what you really think. I wrote that down. Tell us what you really think. Always the subtext is like just getting (laughs) shouted out by no less than seven people in the crowd, (laughs) making sure you know exactly what's going on here. Yeah, it's like political revolution for kids. (laughs) (laughs) When she's pregnant and they're like, stop the game. No, pregnant women can't fight in death fight. Yeah, and then they like all everybody holds hands because of that, or they're just already holding hands. I heard, I don't know. I got it's confused. like that's like the, that's like the spite move. That's like the thing that because kind of, none of them want to play, none of them want to do it. Yeah. So that's like their ultimate. Like we're together, and then everyone's like, no, because it's like it's like if if we threw in like. I don't know, like, we made Ewan, Ewan McGregor and uh, Tyler, who's a celebrity you really like? Uh, Gerard Butler. <laughs> you I love Gerard kidding. Butler, as we just said. <laughs> um, I don't know, Shaq. Paul Rudd. <laughs> Shaq and Paul Rudd and um, actual real-life Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence and Reese Witherspoon, and we threw them in an arena. We were like, okay, these people have to kill each other. I think everyone would be like, no, let's not do that. I don't want some of my favorite people to be murdered. Yeah, I would not want to see Reese Witherspoon and Shaq fight. <laughs> be horrifying. Like, I don't even know who would win. Reese. Yeah, Reese um, is pretty scrappy. 
Yeah. I think she could do it. She'd like rip his ankles off and then he'd die. She'd get those like thunder rocks from Sweet Home Alabama and like channel <laughs> them at him. <laughs> this is an anime. <laughs> My celebrity hunger game. So everyone's getting nervous. Katniss suggests that her and Peta get married when they're on when they're back on the train and oh, that right. it might it might help. Haymitch is like, let's do it. Peta is like, fine, but he kind of sulks away too. And then we arrive at the Capitol. Uh, Stanley Tucci debuts their proposal, and he's like, oh my god, this is so cool. Just too bad you guys are going to die. Oh wait, no, that's not yet. He just says, oh, this is so great. I'm so excited. <laughs> Love you guys. Gail sees the broadcast and is sad. <laughs> His main role in the first two movies. Yep. <laughs> then we arrive at the President's Palace, which is this big party. Final stop on the tour. I think Katniss's dress looks great in this. I, I l really think she looks stunning. Yeah, it's really pretty. Oh, it's when they they show up on the chariots, right? Um, no, it's it's like her her party dress from it. It's kind of she has that bird motif still going on on like the shoulders, but it's like black and red. Uh huh. It's kind of like feathery looking. But Effie's costumes are kind of a, probably my favorite part of the entire franchise. Oh, oh. they're extravagant. It's, yeah. Yeah, I really liked hers. I wrote this down like at the president's ball. I don't even remember which one it was exactly, but I was like, oh, that one's really cool. It looked like a clamshell. Oh, right. Bit. <laughs> yeah, on her head. That is good. Yeah. The only one I didn't really like in this is when they're picking the, uh, the, uh... Don't say you don't like her butterfly dress, because uh, that's my favorite. <laughs> that was the one I was going to say. Sick, dude. But it's just, like, also, because I, I feel like it's, like, the most gaudy, and it's, like, it's just very good contrast to, like, how depressing the situation yeah. is. I'm like, okay, that's cool, but, yeah, I'm like, all right, there's, like, a lot of butterflies. <laughs> The president's ball, everything is fun. Uh, President Snow gives a little speech. Oh, also, I thought they do more of that Greek motif stuff where um, they have that thing where they drink a potion and then it makes them throw up and so they can keep eating and feasting. Is that a like, Greek like, motif? Yeah, in, in, in ancient Rome, they used to do that too during like feasts. Oh. Yeah, they make, except I don't think they drink a potion. They just like gag themselves and throw up and then go back to eating. Red. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like the um, life. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty nasty. And so I think this is their more refined. Oh, we drink a potion and then we just go and then we go back to eating our delicious food. Yeah. So, and this is like the only time President Snow is actually like dressed up, I feel, when he's not just like wearing all black. Mm -hmm. Or like his deep red. Yeah, he has like a almost what is like maroon suit. He like has mm -hmm. a little pizzazz for once. Yeah. And then he like toasts and then he like drinks his champagne and Spits does he spit mouth, blood into it? Mouth blood. Yeah, blood yeah. comes out. Mm -hmm. He's dying. Satine. I feel like this was more important in the book. I don't exactly remember, but I guess he was sick from something, right? And it was making him have like mouth sores. And that's why he always has a rose to mask the mm -hmm. scent of blood. But I don't yeah, remember like exactly like what the deal was with his illness. He's a stinky boy. He's, he's just he's just dying, I think. And yeah, okay. I remember in the book, the blood was like a big thing. You're fully right with that. Like he right. like, he just smelt like blood. And it was like, I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, mm -hmm. not not cool. Like, I want to smell like blood. But like <laughs> for a scary bad guy, just actually smell yeah, like blood. It was blood. like that's he always scary. smelled like blood and roses. Yeah. See, that that's good. That's good. Damn. <laughs> Poetic. <laughs> See, you, you dive into it and you're like, like she, she's a damn good writer. Like that that's some cool stuff. <laughs> And that's what's hard to, like, convey, like, in a movie, because there's, like, I especially realized in this one, there's just, like, so much stuff going on, especially later when Hamish is just like, oh, here's all the other uh, district 
uh, not victors, but like the fighters or whatever, like in the Hunger Games, the tributes. And it's just he only goes over like three of them, and then there's like twenty yeah. more. I'm just like, <laughs> damn! Like I would like him to talk about all of them, but also like I understand why because it's oh, yeah. you can't make it be five hours long. He does but, in the book, I'm pretty sure. So if that's oh, something yeah, you were hankering for, it's out yeah. there for you. But we also meet Seymour Hoffman, who's the new game master. Yes, Plutarch Heavensby. Mm. Yeah. That's his name? Plutarch Heavensby? Plutarch Heavensby. Dear Lord, yeah. I never remembered that. <laughs> and speaking of being the game master, he was in this right after The Master, the Paul Thomas oh. Anderson movie. And it's just like crazy seeing him in like a movie like that. And then he's just like, yeah, I'll do this franchise movie. And it's just like really cool to see him there. It shows me he's a fun person at heart. Like he'll just do it. <laughs> him and Katniss dance together and they have a nice little conversation and he hints that, hey, I might I might just be on your side in this whole mess, but I'm also No, I don't master. think it was a hint that he's on her side. I feel like it was supposed to be, like, a threat. I mean, we I know told- now that, like, he was on her side, but at the time, it really comes across as, like, yeah. I want to I make the games mean something, like, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. There was no real, like, a good way for her to interpret that as, like, oh, no, he's a good guy. You're fully right, and it's because I, I know what's going to happen, so I'm like, it's a hint, and I'm like, I'm not going into it blind. Right. It's a good, like, double talk thing where it's like, it could be either, but you don't know his intention yet, so it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it's cool. I, I like I like dialogue like that for, like, a, a quote-unquote villain or, like, a morally gray character because, like, you don't know what their intentions are, mm-hmm. and then you go back, and after having seen it or read, like, the, the story, you're like, oh, like, this is cool that they wrote it this way because it sounds so ambiguous, like, kind of like a lot of, like, Snape stuff sometimes. Yeah. It's like, man, he's a real dick, but it's really just because he, like, is looking <laughs> out for him. And then after you're like, oh, he's still a dick. <laughs> yeah, I guess he is just, like, a dick anyway. Like, but... good guy at heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we cut to, after after the party's all over, we cut to Snow and uh, Seymour Hoffman, and they're kind of, they're talking about how the hell do we deal with Katniss? Or more so, Snow's like, how, how do I get rid of her? She's sowing all this dissent. I want this stopped. And he's like, well, I think uh, we can, let's just install more. He does that really cool thing, really cool thing. He was like, we do like fear, shots of the wedding, fear, more floggings, more floggings. What's she wearing to the wedding? More floggings. <laughs> and just kind of like instills this feeling of like, oh man, it's going to get, it's going to get really dark really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, Philip Seymour Hoffman's performance in this is like sometimes I'm almost questioning if he's like like he's so lackadaisical I guess in his delivery that I'm like oh it's really cool as like a villain character where it's like he's just so like if it was if it was at like a, a different casting he'd just be like kind of like a sniveling kind of like I'm a mastermind <laughs> you know but like he's just like like it's his just, day job. <laughs> yeah, how about we just flog more people? Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> he's putting in the hours, and then he's going a happy hour. Like. Like, like Snow is his annoying boss. He won't let him do his work. And he's like, look, it's really easy. Just do this, 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 this. Uh, you could have emailed me this instead of calling yeah. me to do this. <laughs> Definitely. Not every, not every meeting needs to be an in-person meeting. Just send exactly. me an email instead, damn it. <laughs> yeah exactly it's like i could have told you this over the phone even like Jesus. Yeah. it got to the point where i'm like is he doing that and it's really good or is he also just or is he just not trying that hard as an actor like i couldn't tell at some points i'm like man he's such a good actor because i can't tell if he's like actually acting or not <laughs> and that is the art so katniss is back home she goes to see gail tells him that her and his family and Peta and his family should all run away together, run away into the woods, like their initial plan. And Gail's like, well, like what's changed? She's like, 
all like things are go- are falling to shit. Like the the world's gonna end. Uh, there, there's gonna be a war. And Gale gets really excited, and he's like, there's going to be a war? There's rebellion? Oh, my God. Like, finally, yes. He's like, I'm not going to run away. No, I'm going to stay and fight. This is awesome. This is good. (laughs) And I think Katniss is appropriately disturbed by that and walks away. (laughs) Oh, right. And then then the main, the peacekeeper bad guy comes to town, the the scary man. Oh, yeah. Thresh or Thorsh or something. Thread. He comes to town. He's a big, mean man, and he destroys the black market. Um... He's just really shouty and like a dick and like yeah. It was just really unnecessary. All <laughs> yeah, of it. Like, the dude, way they would just down. grab someone's box of things and just like dump it in the street. <laughs> <laughs> he reminds me of uh, Hux from Force Awakens. Uh, Very much like Dumbo Gleason when he's just like mm-hmm. shouting his like speech. He's yeah. just like screaming it like, yeah, that's both. They're both just like very fascist where they just like. It's new order. Yeah, it's just like, dude, just shut up and like get a go away. Like, you're so annoying. Yeah, so he is irritating. And Gail also agrees that he's irritating. And so he tackles him and he is immediately wrestled off of him. And he is flogged in the street in front of everybody. And this is probably one of my other favorite scenes where um, Katniss jumps in and she's like, no, stop. And he hits her. And then she gets back up again. It's like, no, stop. And then Hamish intercedes like, no, stop. Listen, you don't know who she is. And then Peter steps in. He says, no, stop. <laughs> so it kind of these like three way group. He like defending the other person, which I kind of like this like line of people be like, nah, nah, nah. And then the guy eventually is like, fine. But if she ever crosses me ever again, I don't care who she is. I'll like burn her house down or whatever. I don't care. And uh, I think that's when, yeah, they, they take Gail back to uh, Katniss's place. We learn that Prim is a very good little doctor and uh, her mom assists. Yeah, it's really weird how much, how like little screen time Prim has in the first one. And then in this one, she's like, I'm a master doctor. I just need some herbs to heal him. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, where did this come from? Yeah, they make the mom so inept, which makes me really sad. But She feels like kind of like almost a non-character in the movies. So I'm like mm-hmm. hoping she has more to do in the books or what? Not really. Her whole deal in the book was like after... Um her husband Katniss's father dies in the mines she just like completely shuts down emotionally and so it's basically them kind of taking care of her from then on Mm -hmm. she kind of like in the fourth or third book starts to kind of snap out of it a little bit but she's still not not that exciting of a character yeah she's not that fun to be but it, yeah, it was at this point in the Amazon trivia that it told me because <laughs> Gary Ross didn't want to come back and direct the second one. I forgot to look into why they were talking about like the other directors that were approached, which includes uh, like Duncan Jones. He did Moon in uh, the Warcraft movie. Um, uh-huh. David Cronenberg. I'm like, that's really random <laughs> to do him. Um Thomas Alfredson, who I he did Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, but he also went on to do The Snowman. No. Oh, <laughs> I gave you all the clues, Mr. Police. <laughs> um, Jay Bayona, who went on to do Jurassic World 2. Um, fun. Which I am a big fan of, and I know other people really hate it. I, yeah, <laughs> so. one of those <laughs> you, you brought me over to the side of liking it. <laughs> I know, that's totally fair. I totally understand. And they're like, Alfonso Cuaron, Inuritu... And also Kerry Fukunaga, who's who just did the newest James Bond movie. He's like the first American yeah. director to do a James Bond movie. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. And I just typically love like seeing all those fun facts, which is like, oh, all these directors I reached out to. I'm like, oh, I can see how some of these work and some of these absolutely do not. <laughs> like, it's just really weird how Hollywood how Hollywood works. Other than that, I was just gonna say like 
they cut the, they talk about, or Snow is talking to Philip Seymour Hoffman or to Plutarch about like, they cut the feed, you know, and like, mm-hmm. uh, Katniss is about to get shot and he's just like, there was a five second delay. Like PSH, Philip Seymour Hoffman says that. And I just like little lines like that, where they're just like talking about like, he's like, Oh, there's a five second delay. It's like, so like media savvy. And like, that's just so how much of like the hunger games world is like, and that's what I kind of also grew to appreciate more about PETA in this one. PETA definitely, his development as a character, like, you do, I feel like a lot of people start off book one, like, Team Gale, and, like, yeah. by the end of it, like, I was pretty solidly Team PETA. Yeah, and, like, I feel like his abilities, at least that are shown in the movies, like, okay, I guess he can throw a big rock, but, like, more importantly, <laughs> more importantly, he's, like, very media savvy and, like, yeah. can manipulate all that stuff. I'm like, oh, he's really good at, like, planning and, like, the pre-production of getting into the Hunger Game or whatever, like, you mm-hmm. know, like, mm-hmm. he's really good at those kinds of things as opposed to, like, being, like, a master swordsman or something like that. Like, yeah. So I thought that, that, that ends up being ultimately a lot more interesting in the long run. He's not set. He's pre-pro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what happens next. <laughs> uh, next morning, Peta. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Katniss kisses Gale during that, and she stays with him at, while to like watch him while he heals. Peta comes over the next day and to visit, and he says, "Hey, I'll watch Gale for a little bit." I thought this would have been a nice moment for Gale and Peta to talk. Maybe that kind of would have been cool because I feel like they don't ever interact with each yeah. other. Do they ever? Not really. Uh, not really. No, but I in the, even in the movie, I kind of put that scene and just them kind of like talking about this woman that they both have obvious feelings for <laughs> that doesn't happen we just cut to katniss gathering snow with prim to ice uh, gales back with and it's at that moment we learned the sinister plan of the capital and that's right because it's a quarter quell they're going to make things a little different this year they are going to sacrifice every not every but like two victors from each district and it's a big decision but i think snow gives a little pushback when philip seymour hoffman gives him the id he's like they're not going to like that. And he's like, they're going to, it doesn't really matter. Like we're, we're killing two birds, with one stone here. Mm-hmm. We're showing that they can't, they're not invincible. Like they can't stand up to us no matter what. It doesn't matter who you are. Right. Cause he also says like, Oh, like every victor feels empowered now ever since Katniss stopped. Uh, Whitman. Fred from, yeah. From beating Gale to death. Mm-hmm. I was trying to remember what the other quarter quells were in the book because it's different Ooh. each time. And I had to look it up. But so in the 25th one, the citizens of the districts had to vote on who would compete in the Hunger Games as a way of reminding them that they are responsible for the Hunger Games and it's their fault that their children die in the games every year. And it gave the districts a chance to either get rid of their unwanted or of their (laughs) chances of winning the Hunger Games. And then in the 50th, it was four tributes were chosen from each district instead of two. Oh, right. That's a big, big, bigger number. Bigger pot. Bigger yes. pot. So, so this is the 75th one. This is the 75th one. Mm-hmm. So Nearly at a dollar. Uh, so this, like, dystopia or whatever has happened has been going on. Like, the Civil War that they talk about, like, in the first one, or, like, the revolt that happened, like, 75 years ago, basically, or? Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay, so that makes more sense why, like... So basically, President Snow is like, he's not like been, he's not like Emperor Palpatine or something. Like, he's not the first dictator. No. Like, he's kind of like. Three or four down the line. I don't yeah, know. that makes more sense because like, why he's losing control. 
Um, that makes more sense for his character too, I think. And I think that's more interesting because it's like, it is like ancient Roman stuff, but it's also just like why things are going such down the shitter at this point. Cause he wasn't like the original leader. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, oh, so there's the scene where like the, there's the bowl with the three names in it. Cause it's Hamish, Katniss and Peta and the butterfly dress. And <laughs> it is a cool scene just because of just like, well, you know, what's going to happen. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> the statistics like- of that. <laughs> You kind of see even, like, Effie starting to change her way of thinking toward the capital and the way things are being done, and that's... And she's been, like, you know, so for the Hunger Games this whole time, and it's kind of... I think it's an important shift. Oh, fully. Like, she has full, she has a lot of apprehension in her voice this time. Like, she's she agrees that this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, what's happening is bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, basically by the movie's end, it seems like she's basically friends with Katniss and everything. yeah. They call Hamish's name, but then Peter is like, oh, I'll do it. And then they go on the train. And then I don't even remember what happens on the train. <laughs> uh, so ba- what, what basically happens on the train is li- it's like I think that's literally Hamish's montage of being like, all right, guys, here's who you're up against. A okay, lot of these yeah. people I know. Yeah. And the first two people are Kashmir and Gloss. And I think they're <laughs> from the first district. And I just always yeah. like the names of the first district. <laughs> uh tributes because like Such in the first one it, yeah the first one was glimmer i'm just like how are these people are these people gonna be good at fighting at all like what is their <laughs> special power like just being full of themselves like i don't understand and then there's wireless and beady right yeah yes, wire just and sitting in the corner i felt that so hard it's like <laughs> the people at the party that are just like over off in the corner petting the dog eating their snacks <laughs> yeah rubbing stick together rubbing a stick up and down yeah Classic. and i thought they're gonna like be mad at katniss being like we know what to do but it's just like oh no they're just like friends and then there's the extra pe- the people who are like totally extra brutus and anobaria or something like that it's like she chiseled her teeth down so that she could bite people which like never mm-hmm. is shown in the never <laughs> happens <movie. laughs> Like, that's a little bit of a Chekhov's gun that never goes off. <laughs> and then there's the Morphlings who just don't have names. <laughs> and, and they're, like, just high as a kite, apparently, the entire time. <laughs> is that what it is? They've been, like, self-medicating. Like, they're, like, heroin addict addicts or something like that. Okay, like, yeah, because Hamish is like, oh, they self-medicate. I'm like, okay, like, does that... Like, like I didn't connect like that they're vitamins? actually high. Or, yeah, <laughs> no, I just mean, like, okay, are they just also drunks? But, like, I didn't know that meant, like, they're also just, like, taking painkillers or something. Like, horse tranquilizers during the games. <laughs> Their sponsor but, just sent them heroin. <laughs> yeah. I'll just say I, the last ones, there's Finnick O'Dare, who's like... Yeah, Finnick. He's like a sassy Aquaman. That's exactly who he is. <laughs> and then Mags, and then Hamish is like, she's actually a wonderful lady. She was very cute. Yeah. And and then then we cut to the, the chariot runway thing, where we meet Finnick in person, and like Tyler said, he's a... Sassy Aquaman. Sassy Aquaman. And he's fun. I do like the guy who plays Finnick. He is kind of like just how I pictured him when I read the books. So I'm like, yeah. this is pretty stellar. Mm. Mm. Oh, because before, or yeah, because that's when they first meet him, right? And he's like yeah, eating he sugar, sugar cubes. Cube. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy's Sam Claflin. He's also in like Pirates 4, right? He's in one of the Pirates, isn't he? Or is that just like so. Is no. he the young boy who's like entranced by a mermaid or something in Pirates 4? I think so. I want to say no, but I only watched Pirates 4 <laughs> one time, so I 
Can't Same. be sure. I feel like I'm intimately familiar with Pirates 5, Rise of Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely like a bigger fan of 4 and 5 than anybody should be. <laughs> That's just who you are. <laughs> yeah. Wait, there's a Pirates 5? Yeah. Yeah. The one with uh, Captain Salazar. Uh, yeah, the ghost man, Javier Bardem. <laughs> Javier Bardem. I thought that was four. No, four no. is the one with Blackbeard. Okay, there. I haven't seen one of these. That's okay. I don't know which one. <laughs> they're both like very forgettable, but they're like also really entertaining to me because of that. I'm like, oh yeah, so I can put this on and like just not really pay attention and like. There's a great bank robbing scene <laughs> in the fifth one. Yeah. Uh, where were we? Oh, they're at the. Chariot. The, the chariot runway. Um, and Toby Jones shows up again and has no lines. Yes. Toby Jones is <laughs> the other does. announcer who's not uh, Stanley Tucci. Oh, right. <laughs> and he's also the evil Nazi scientist in Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> but I just wanted to bring him up because I like him a lot. And he's, he's just like cool that random character actor guy who has like, he just doesn't have much to do in these movies. No. He just has wacky hair. He just nods his head. So anyway, they go down the chariot runway. Uh Katniss hits a switch on her dress that Cena gave her or Senna and it both her and Peta's spark to life. They're embers this time. I like that so much more than um, bursting into flames. I, I love that. I'm like, that's really cool. And uh, her and Snow have a nice little stare down. <laughs> and uh, then we cut to the elevator where Joanna is her name. Johanna. Yeah. Johanna. Yeah. Quick. Sing and... the song from. It sounds like Sweeney Todd is in a franchise. We won't, we're not going to get to do a single musical theater up. Oh, wait, no. High School Musical. Yes, we will. Yes. I wrote it down on my list. I'm in, okay. You did. I'm in for that one. <laughs> I've never seen them. Yeah. So part of this podcast You've never is, seen any of them? No. Uh, oh, that's going to be a time. Part of this podcast is me watching franchises I've never seen. So we'll get to them. Same. Yeah, so she gets naked in front of them for some reason. Um, I don't really know why. Maybe to show off. Yeah, I mean, she, she, she's very pretty. I'm like, Mike, great, cool, Joanna, bye. She, she does leaves. say before she leaves, like, oh, how does it feel having everybody ever wanting to sleep with you? And Katniss is like, what? And she's like, I'm not talking about you. And I'm just like, oh. Peta, like okay, yeah, Peta, <laughs> which I, I like because like she's like she's like about herself, and then when she says that, I'm, I'm, and he's, I, I kind of wanted to cut to Peta and be like, mm, well, it's <laughs> nice to be acknowledged. Yeah, I guess it was, yeah, it was like a funny scene, but I'm also just like okay, like I, I still can't gauge how much people like Peta or not, but I guess they probably like him a lot more than they like Katniss in terms of personality yeah. but like they don't really show the other side of that at all yeah they they don't they never show him like responding to any, like anybody outside of katniss or like anyone really interacting with him outside of him and katniss yeah like they don't have like a fan club or anything <laughs> there's no like i heart peter malark and i want to <laughs> be his friend and have his babies and anything like that touches wiener what <laughs> what <laughs> huh <laughs> who <laughs> Th yeah, then we meet uh, BD and... Uh, oh, right, the training wire. montage. Yeah, the training times. Mm -hmm. And we got we got so much to go through, guys. So we, Yeah, hurry up. Yeah, we go training. Um, BD and Wire, they talk about force field stuff um, because apparently the judges are not protected by a force field because of Katniss's stunt last year. Because she shot the hog that like the original <laughs> game master was like, oh, you got a hog? Hey, nice hog. Who brought this Look pig? This hog. And then she shoots the apple out of the hog's mouth, and they're like, whoa. Cool, and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman wants none of that, so he put up a force field. And Katniss does some archery training. She helps out BD and Wire with some uh, fire making. Um, she meets an old woman. 
woman and uh, the old woman teaches her how to make a hook that she never uses in the actual game. <laughs> and and the old woman doesn't speak. I don't really know why. <laughs> she's really a, nice, though. In the book. She is. She's a nice old lady. Oh, right. Then we go and go to separate like one on one evaluations. Well, right before that, she does like the training sequence. Like Max right. just watches her and she like shoots arrows at like holograms. Right. Yeah. And I will say like like some of the CG is doesn't really like doesn't look super great, but I thought that stuff was really cool. Like I like the mm-hmm. the training holograms where like when she shoots them, they turn into like blocks. Mm-hmm. I'm like oh, that's really cool. It's kind of like Dune or something like that. Like I like how that looks. No, that seems really, and it shows her growing as an archer and like and even scary like, as a killer too because she has no apprehension killing any of these uh holograms she's she's made of steel now like she she can do this and she gets mad because turns out Peta painted a little portrait of rue on the ground oh is that who in did 10 it yeah, minutes. It, yeah yeah in 10 That's minutes impressive. he painted because mm, he, I mean, he bake cakes you know he used to decorate cakes with rue's face on it <laughs> <laughs> so he knows how to do it that makes more sense so that was his that was his thing to show them yeah. Right. But yeah, then also so he, the Morphling's whole thing is camouflage, so it's just like that's I what don't I'm know. thinking. How come everyone in this franchise is so good at like painting, like disguise painting their own faces? Yeah. I th- I think it might be a, a maybe even like a subtle commentary. A lot of these victors won by hiding, by yeah. not really fighting, by just staying out of it or killing by via proxy. Like BD kills people via like electrocution. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's less personal. Yeah, yeah like, but also maybe Peter should have thrown a big rock at them. <laughs> <laughs> he, I'm sure he tossed around a lot of bread, big sacks yeah. of bread around the room. He just, he baked bread for them. And they're like, wow. <laughs> Is that ciabatta? <laughs> oh, just, uh, I know like we're already like taking too long to do this, but just I just remember in the beginning, like when, when uh, Katniss first sees Snow like at her house or whatever, and he's just like, eats a biscuit. He's like, mm, did your mom make these? And then she's like, no, Peter. And I'm like, of course, Peter made the bread. Like, he makes everything that's made of bread. <laughs> He's the sole provider of bread and wheat and flour in that town. Um, she, Katniss, it, that picture really makes her mad. So she makes up a dummy to look like the previous game master and then hangs it like full man, dead man hangs it in front of the other uh, game master and his crew. And she kind of just gives her bow and says, screw you guys like i think she's maybe saying i killed the last game master maybe watch yourselves mm-hmm. no number of evaluations this time we cut straight to the caesar show Cinna presents katniss with her dress which is a beautiful wedding dress that uh, snow insisted she wear and i think senna gives her a little wink and says just when you twirl it, it'll be a fun surprise jenna or joanna whatever played by jenna malone She's like, oh, you're wearing a wedding dress? And Katniss is like, oh, so made me wear it. And she's like, oh, just make him pay for it. I'm like, oh, that's like kind of cool. Like before that, she just seems really confrontational, but she's also just kind of like that cool friend who's just like fed up with everything and also mm-hmm. just like kind of confrontational with like basically all of society, but is also still kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah, I, I like Joanna a lot. Like as, as this movie kept going out, I was, I was like, I was like, shit, I probably have a crush on this character if I was like in that universe. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Um, Katniss does her twirl after the sad interview where Caesar's like, you're never going to wear that wedding dress. Oh, my God. And I like that he, like, loves her so much. And he's, like, super, like, into everything Katniss and Peta are, even if it's fake. He just, like, loves it so much. 
Mm, just a big fan. And she does her twirl, and, and this time her dress becomes a mocking jay. She has like full wings, does her big like black swan kind of moment where she has like wings and she's out dressed. Not seeing him. Caesar's like, oh my god, it's a it's a bird. It's a and she goes, it's a mocking jay. And everyone's like, oh. And so it, it's very cool. I, I love that dress. I think she looks amazing in that mm-hmm. one as well. I did think Black Swan also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's my favorite scene all Black Swan. God, I love that. I need to watch that movie again. But anyway, then Peter gets up and he's talking to Caesar and, and he looks really sad. And so he's like, well, what's going on? He's like, well, you know, we, we got married in secret. He's like, oh, did you? He's like, oh, yeah. And Katniss also is pregnant. And then the audience flips out. They're like, no, stop the game. Stop the games. Everyone does the big like handhold and raises their hands up and then the feed gets cut then we go to uh uh, Hamish, and they're back in their hotel room and he tells uh pita and katniss that the game's still on of course they're not going to cancel it they can't um and then i like this from effie a lot back on the train she says like i want us to be a team and like i want to get us all something that's gonna show us that we're a team she gives pita a gold locket met to his like specifications because apparently you ordered it personally and she gives a Hamish a ring right a like a band bracelet yeah, yeah. oh and then uh, so Hamish gets this gold bracelet so now they're like a little team and i like that like effie is she's brainwashed by the capital but she's that's like her thing of being like but i like you guys and i and i'm like on your and we're together on this then we go on to they get in the plane and then they put a tracker yeah. in her yeah right and they're in the rough about it this time yeah they're about to start and then philip seymour often like walks up to the thing the control center and then he just like walks up. He's like, "Let's go!" And then they like start the whole thing. And then and all the pipes come up, and like you see the Goombas <laughs> rushing in. And... <laughs> oh, and then that's when Cinna. Uh, she sees Cinna. Cinna. John. I always say his name wrong for the last time. John Cinna. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's going up the tube, and then they whack the shit out of him, and like bring him back. Yeah, I'm not sure if he died or not. He did. They kill him. He did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I would assume so. Because <laughs> I wrote my notes like, he dead. The night I saw him drag him off, I'm like, maybe he not dead. <laughs> no, he dead. He, he yeah. dead. So Katniss goes up in her elevator, and it is finally stinking. Oh, yeah, before that, uh, Senna gives her the Mockingjay pin as well, because, of course, she needs it. We're, it's game time, everybody. Woo! They sing the Space Jam theme. They sing the Space Jam. And uh, yeah, the cornucopia this or that cornucopia, the arena this time is a big island with the cornucopia is in the middle of a uh, water, I guess, with a, a series of rocky paths from each tribute leading to the center of it. Katniss is pretty bold this time. So when it finally comes down to go, she books it there and grabs her bow and arrow. And there's a scuffle at the uh, cornucopia. I believe Peta is almost drowned to death, but Finnick saves his life. Yeah, because she's about to shoot Finnick and then he's like, I'm your friend and like shows Hamish's bracelet right. he's got the gold band mm-hmm. and he jumps in the water saves Peta. she's still a little sketchy about him being around but he helps her helps him and they run away with the old lady and i like that finnick is just carrying her on his back like the entire yeah. time which I wrote, just yoda's with her yeah i wrote down mag backpack yoda's it <laughs> i wrote that too <laughs> she just is yoda pretty much um and then they're like walking around and then Pete is like whacking stuff and then he gets blown up again like he just almost dies yeah. twice within five minutes and then Phoenix saves his life like, a what? second time in a row yeah, I'm like, like not even two hours of math he saved your life again I'm surprised he isn't cheeky about that like if I was Sam and I saved somebody's life I'd be like that's two <laughs> And then Katniss Bilbo Baggins is it by going to the top of a tree and like looking right. out at everything. And she shoots her arrow at the force field, right? No. Yeah. Not right Wait. now. That's at the end. She does it twice, though. She does it twice. Does she? 
She just yeah. wanted to test it. Oh, okay. To, like, give you a lead, basically. And then Hamish gives her, like, this bigot to, like, put into a tree. Mm-hmm. And I like the suspense of that a lot, actually, because it's, like, mm-hmm. it goes on for a while. And yeah. she's just, like, waiting for the tree <laughs> and, like, waiting. And then finally the water comes out and they're, like, oh, because they're all, like, dehydrated. Does actually work like that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just trees are full <laughs> of water. Is I don't know. I think, I don't think they actually work. I think the game is, like, designed like that. I, I think, like, they yeah. literally put fresh water in the trees on purpose. Like, it's just a weird, like, game board thing. I, I don't know. I I know, I know like maple syrup extractors kind of work like that, but like it's for sap and not water. <laughs> yeah, they're just they were waiting for water to come out and just like a maple. <laughs> just big just... gooey globs of maple syrup come spilling out. <laughs> they were holding waffles in that scene. I don't really. <laughs> and they were so disappointed when their waffles just got soggy and wet. <laughs> um, and then they sleep. Finnick is like. Oh, if you're not gonna sleep, I will. And then Katniss is the only one want to wake. And then I like the whole like buildup of the the fog too, because it's just like okay, right. like what's gonna happen? It's just slowly coming, and it just like works, keeps working towards her. And then all of a sudden, she like touches it, and her hand gets all fucked up. Yeah. And then they have to run away. I like this Hunger Game a lot more than the first one. Like it just feels like like they're both really plotty in terms of the things that happen, but it's also kind of just like I mean, I'm talking about like the actual game, you know. Mm-hmm. But There's a danger beyond just the contestants. The the arena is yeah. trying to hurt you as well. Mm-hmm. And it does, it reminded me of kind of like the Triwizard Tournament in mm-hmm. in the book more so than like the movie. Because like especially yeah. the maze with like the Sphinx and all that stuff. It's just like, I don't know, like I thought the maze was really cool in the book and like oh, they don't yeah. do it as much justice. Me too. There's a Sphinx in the book? Uh-huh. Yeah. Shit, that sounds awesome. The maze has like a ton of different obstacles as opposed to just being hedges that like try to get you. Can the Sphinx talk like a person? Yeah, it, it does a riddle. And he had to answer the riddle correctly. See, that's one of my favorite things. Are all. I love when monsters can like talk and actually speak coherently. Like a, I like I like a smog can talk in the Hobbit. I like that. There's another mo- like like in God in the new God of War game. Um, the the giant world serpent. Even though he's not speaking like English, he's speaking an ancient language. I'm like he's talking like he's speaking. <laughs> I I love that so much. Like big monsters can actually just like coherently like express how they're feeling about a situation. <laughs> That's why, like, after they escape the fog, uh, I'll circle back to the fog in a second, but just, like, the baboons that show so up. Scary. Like, I'm guessing, <laughs> are they just, like, straight up apes in the book, too? Because, like... Yeah, they're monkeys. Yeah, like, monkeys. Because I was like, oh, I'm just, like, assuming that they're, like, cooler in the book or something. It's like, yeah, they are scary in the movie, but they're also just, like, you just see people, like, stabbing a bunch of apes. I'm just like, I don't know if this is, like... You have a strong oh. affinity towards apes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall, because I remember in the first book the dogs that come at the end to attack them it's like the um, you guys probably address it where it's like the Mm. eyes or something or the faces of the kids that have died so far around the dogs i think it was just straight up monkeys in the second book though i don't yeah i mean monkeys are scary enough i guess (laughs) baboons are mean though like they react i'm like that's just an angry baboon so yeah yeah. The only thing I know before that is just basically like Mags just like runs into the fog. Yeah, like, sacrifice she sacrifices herself. herself so uh, Finnick can get Peta. 
Ding ding. And have have I maybe seen the movie Dante's Peak, like the volcano oh movie? Oh god, no. yes. Scarred me as a child, please. <laughs> me too. <laughs> the lady. Mainly because yes. Yeah. <laughs> like the old lady, like the grandma, and that just gets out of the lake into the acid water and pushes a boat. It's like, what are you doing? It like terrified oh. me as a child. And Max does the same thing basically in this. So I just wrote that down as Dante's Peak. The fact that I haven't seen that movie in 24 years and I still recall that scene like so perfectly, it just yes, it just terrifies I, I was shown. I feel like every other scarring children's movie that I now I that I still have a deep like love for. I remember I loved them. I, Dark Crystal. I remember no. I watched it like a billion times. I loved it. This one was probably like unintentionally scarring, but it's like it's like seeing your grandmother like just burn to death. It was like terrifying. <laughs> God. God, that sounds like horrifying. I don't like <laughs> it that at all. Is. After that, oh, um, I, I think like still like it's the second time it's happened, but like the anytime anybody dies, the cannon goes off, and like it just works surprisingly well for me as like an emotional beat. It's like yeah. okay, you just know the stakes just went up. It's like anytime that cannon goes off, yeah, someone died, but also there's less people, so it's like mm-hmm. it just is more and more stacked against you. Yeah, desperation grows. Yeah, and then they do have like the grabby plane that you said wasn't in the first one that like picks up I the bodies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess cool. When I saw that, I I was actually like, there it is! Like I totally forgot that they did that in this one, which, which I really liked. I'm like that's so cool. I love those things. I believe now we're we're in the monkey zone. We find out that water heals the horrible boils and sores that they have from the mist. Yeah. Um, they are chased by the monkeys. We stab the monkeys. Um, Peta is saved by one of the morphlings. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. yeah, the Morphling just, like, just walks out. out. She just, like, stands there and then gets bit. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. I don't understand what she did. Like, And then we see that the airship arm take up the body. Again, Katniss doesn't agree that the Morphling girl uh, sacrificed herself. She's, like, she tried to kill you, and Peter's like, no, she's, she, she saved me. Yeah, so I guess the idea is, like... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Alyssa. I was going to say, because you find out at the end how all of the tributes or whatever were in on it. So she was trying to save them, but they kind of, I don't know if they made that super clear. Yeah, they, they, like when Hamish says half of them were in on it. I'm like, okay, so every good thing that happened to them is somebody else like on their team, even secretly working with them. Yeah, yeah definitely like Brutus was not in on it. <laughs> no, no, <no>. Big scary <laughs> bald man was not in on it. <laughs> Um, I don't think it was Brutus, it's that other guy, but like this is a point when Wyrus is just like totally freaking out. She just keeps saying TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they meet up with uh, Joanna and Beatty and Wires and at the shore, and after like a big tidal wave comes down somewhere, and they yeah. keep seeing a lightning strike the same tree over and over again. Mm-hmm. That's like a reoccurring thing that keeps happening. And yeah, and Tyler. So we go to like with Wires saying TikTok, 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 TikTok. Yeah, and and like unfortunately, like our modern, at least my modern corrupt mind, I'm just like, oh, she's just talking about the app. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, I wish I could think of this in any other way. <laughs> And she just did a little dance. <laughs> yeah, she just really wants to lip sync some lyrics. <laughs> but it turns out it doesn't take Katniss that long to understand what she's saying. And she's she be able to understand that, oh, my God, wait, the arena's a clock. It all makes sense now. And I think over the course of all that's happening, they're ambushed by some career champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they kill they kill wires. And so then uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is like, Oh, you figure out my game? Why did you? Because they kind of start mapping out all like the different time zone areas, and he just spins the <laughs> spins the cornucopia with all of them on. He's like, like tell time now. Unnecessary, <laughs> especially like if he was trying to secretly help Katniss. Like I didn't understand that. Like why he did that? Because they were clearly winning against the careers. Like they were scaring him off, and then he was like, "Wait, 
now this now it, i'm gonna almost like, kill you <laughs> it might be like a really like spiteful dungeon master or something yeah. like they like they you it's like i've had the how to move before playing a game and someone figures out like my big like thing on like a big map like really fast and i'm just like well, you know what? Fuck you. Like, I'm going I'm to, like, change it up now. It's probably you can err on the side. He's trying to be believable, quote unquote, that he's, like, working against her. But even then, you're right. He doesn't have to spin the wheel in for as long as he spins it. Went it went for so long. She almost yeah. fell. She did fall in at the end. Yeah, she falls in the water. I just feel like in the really bad, like, Hunger Games parody movie, he would just be like, flush them out. And then he'd press a button and, like, a toilet would slowly rise. <laughs> in the control center and then he'd like press the big like nozzle on it and then like Tyler, it'd, make I, a, it'd make a toilet sound <laughs> as they're like flying around it uh all right we gotta get through this guys we're almost done actually yeah we are we're nearly there there's the jabber jays who like are all speaking i wrote jabber jay screams so that was when basically they hear she hears prim's voice and finnick hears annie's voice who's his love interest and then Finnick brings up the good point of, oh, but how did they get those sounds? Because they can only copy what they hear. They can't just make up sounds, which yeah. they don't really address that, I don't think. And, but. and they do something interesting in this one where uh, they can't leave the screaming area because there's like an invisible force field for an hour, I guess. Oh, right. Yeah. Which, yeah. Isn't like that in any other of the areas, which I thought was weird. That is like just like a really spooky sequence. And it's just like... I, I feel like it just draws out the movie longer. Like, this is another movie that's two hours and 20 minutes. And, like, I don't feel like it does too much to, like, add to the movie. But I also just really like it as a scene. It's psychological torture. Because it's more of a mental attack. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me yeah. of, like, the bear from from Annihilation that just, like, speaks like a human. I love monsters so much, you guys. I thought that was <laughs> so cool. Um, so then Katniss and Peta are having their kind of little aside where they're kind of saying like okay when this whole thing comes to a head it's just going to be us left so we need to not be with them because we don't want to be the first ones to to shoot or whatever and he says what if they don't want to be the first ones either and we can all leave together and she's like you know that's not going to happen oh my sweet summer child right and then basically says okay the only like one of us has to leave and i want it to be you he opens his locket that effie gave him and it's pictures i believe of prim and gail and her mom oh yeah and he says like if if i leave here and you die i have nothing like nobody i care about which kind of a big like fuck you to his parents but i thought about that too it's just like because he burnt his bread once like the only scene we ever see with his mom is like him her being upset because he burnt the bread yeah and then they're like oh we have to run this wire from the tree to the water and it'll electrocute everybody yeah because they're like yeah they're like because the champions as soon as we leave the cornucopia the champions will congregate there and there's water everywhere so we're gonna run the big copper wire that bd has from the tree all the way to the beach and we're gonna shock shit at everybody and we're gonna win and so (laughs) profit (laughs) (laughs) question mark also copper wire weird thing to put in a game but all right yeah I mean, I think he won with something similar the other year. He's, he's like the tech boy, isn't he? All right. Yeah, did he bring it with him? Oh, it was probably at the cornucopia, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Imagine being like the intern that stalks the cornucopia, and you're like, you're like sword, yes, shield, yes, bow and arrow, yes, cool, sick. Um, copper spool wire. 
Okay. <laughs> you can whack someone with it. Beatty even goes far as to say, like, oh, I invented this particular kind of wire, too. So he's very... Oh, yeah. So anyways, like, the whole thing happens. Where Katniss has to go down with Joanna. And then uh, I think it is Brutus or that other... Yeah, I think it is Brutus. Just, it's like, big yeah. bold man. the big fighty people come over. And then, like, Joanna, like, cuts her arm to, like, make it look like she's down. Like, I don't know. She cuts the tracker out of her arm. Oh, that makes more sense. She knows yeah. what's about to happen. And she doesn't uh-huh. want the capital to be able to track her. Okay. And then she, like, wipes blood on Katniss's neck. So it looks like she's dead. Yeah, I was confused, and, but that makes sense now. And I think that's re- that's revealed at the end of the movie right. when uh, kind of Hamish does the roundup. But and then she like is on the ground, and then she looks up at the sky, and then she's like, "I'm gonna go up to the tree and then shoot the lightning arrow." She's yeah. looking for Peta originally, right. and Peta's nowhere to be found. But she sees Deity like get electrocuted by the tree, and it's because he was trying to do his technique of stabbing the spear into the tree to cause the electrical outage or whatever but it obviously oh. didn't work out and so mm. then that's how she gets the idea and then then we also have that kind of like conflict moment where like she sees Finnick and he's mm-hmm. calling for her and then she oh, right. aims, aims her bow at him and Snow's like do it do it do it do, <laughs> do it, it do it do it <laughs> strike him down <laughs> <laughs> And so she says, no, no. Phoenix says, remember who the real enemy is. And she's like, oh, right, shit, cool. Like Willis was saying, she shoots her arrow, conducted by electricity up in the sky. She gets a little fried, but she's alive. The entire feed, everything gets shut down. It just all goes to black. Yeah, and it's, like, really cool when the only, like, ray of light is on her because the whole, like, mm-hmm. thing is collapsing. Mm-hmm. That was really and- cool. The claw comes out, and I she has that Frodo shot in the end of Return of the King, where it's like <laughs> eagles, it's the eagles, the claw, exactly the kind of like savior imagery of like her arms on the cross, sort yeah. of. Yeah, that's that, true. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to dive into it that way, but yeah, so she's rescued. She wakes up on the airship. She doesn't really know what's going on. She wanders through. She's like, I'm on a capital airship. Last thing I remember. I was in the games, now I'm here. She finds Hamish hanging out with Finnick and someone else Clute, that makes Clute her... Shark. Yeah, game right. Master, yeah. Game Boy, yeah. <laughs> the Game Boy. She's like, what are you doing talking to them? What's going on? And she, I think, even tries to attack Hamish for some with reason. With a syringe. Yeah. 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 And he's like, no, what are you doing? Like, don't you know this has all been a big plan the entire time? I couldn't let you in on it, because if I did, you wouldn't know. And... <laughs> Yeah. Which, like, now having the foresight, I guess, of, like, having seen this franchise before, it's just like, oh, like, it's like, oh, they're the good guys. But it's also just, like, the background of, like, oh, is some, someone else is just also using her. And they just, like, yeah. kind of seem yeah. like the good people. So, yeah, Hamish kind of relays to her what, what's been going on. He's like, half the tributes have been on the entire time. Like, it's all been about getting you out and, like, starting the revolution. And she's like, okay, cool. Where's PETA? And they're like... Pete has been captured by the Capitol, and we don't know where he is. Katniss freaks out, gets really mad about that. She says, where are we going? Are we going home? Seymour Hoffman says, no, we're going District 13. Katniss says, why aren't we going District 12? Where's my home? Where's my family? And then um, Gail's there, and he says, I smuggled your family out just in time before it happened. She says, what happened? And then he looks at her and says, Katniss, there is no District 12 anymore. They firebombed it. It's gone. That's like the last line in the book, I think, is just, there is no District 12. Yeah. Boom. And then we got that cut to her face where it looks like she's about to cry, but then like her face gets all like stone steel angry. And then it's like, yeah. it's time for war. I think she does a great job at that last scene of like processing the emotions on her face. No. Like that whole. 
Yeah, it's super cool. I remember watching it being, being like, oh, shit, I'm ready. Let's pop in the third one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she just, like, changes emotions really quick. And the first episode is kind of comparing her to, like, Daisy Ridley a little bit just because they're both, like, started like kind of big franchises, you know, and didn't have too many movies before. It's like they both, I feel like, have they're like a really good ability to like just change emotion like on the dime. But it's a cool ending to a movie. Yay! Yay! We did it, catching fire. I think we did it in almost what the runtime is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're just we know what we're thirty minutes behind the runtime okay. of it. Okay, so it's it's faster to listen to this. So let's yes. fill it out. <laughs> let's fill it out. So now we're gonna play a little game. Okay. And I'm calling it a tribute to you and me. And we're going to say this. So the three of us are champions from different districts of the Hunger Games. I'd like to know what district would you be from? How did you win your Hunger Game? And what was your weapon of choice during your Hunger Game? Um, I think I would say District 4 for myself because they're the the water one, probably if I had to do anything athletic, it would be swimming. Nice. And that's not, not saying a lot. It's really not saying a lot. Um, let's see, weapon of choice. I think I would be one of those people that waits it out, you know, and wins that <laughs> okay, way. A hundred percent. I would be up in a tree, eating leaves or something, just kind of <laughs> biding my time because I, I don't think I would fare well in any kind of hand-to-hand combat. And you just wait it out. Paint myself to look like a rock and just hang around. I'm pretty good at painting, so. Make yourself look like Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Oh, that might work, actually. <laughs> Tyler, uh, what district are you from? I'm from District 1. That's the big one, right? Yeah, that's the, that's the capital. And my name is Sapphire Diamond. So, and my based on the is, novel Push. Huh? Based on the novel Push. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> by Pokemon Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> Groudon gave that book five stars. My name is Sapphire Diamond, and my my weapon is a giant wig, <laughs> and I win it by just whacking everybody with it. And I'm good friends with Stanley Tucci. <laughs> Best friends. Yeah, I can't follow that up. You should go last on these. But um, I will be from probably District One as well because I'm all about that showboating. I feel like I won my Hunger Games by I probably tricked a bunch of people into fighting each other, and I just probably run away when things are looking bad for me. So it'd be more me be like, they said this about you, or they're planning to kill you, and then running. <laughs> So more so lying and running away than anything else. And I feel like my weapon of choice might be, I feel like it'd be good with maybe like two little daggers. I might be something Ooh. good, like stealthy and be like, yeah, like fun. a rogue. It's not as funny as Tyler to wrap it up on, but you know what? I fart when I run away and there you leave a little stink. <laughs> <laughs> <funny part>. Just <laughs> add some flatulence to any scenario and it makes it funnier. And it's funny. <laughs> or it makes you lose subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> That's already happened. <laughs> <laughs> we can't lose if we have zero. <laughs> so, Alyssa, thanks so much for playing with us and being on this with us. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I had a busy schedule of you know, quarantine <laughs> stuff, but always can make time for you guys. <laughs> Thank you. We were able to pull you away from Persona 5 for a little bit, and that's hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to everybody for listening, if you're still here, and we'll catch you next time. Oh, wait, do you have any plugs? Oh, yeah, we should do that this time, because we didn't oh, do last time. Uh, Alyssa, where can we find... Um, yes, you can follow my Instagram, Alyssa Hope underscore, and it's uh, it's mainly my, my cosplay and my special effects makeup work so if that's something that interests you <laughs> thanks for joining us 
And Connery, where can you find your work? Um, well, I guess we're doing all Twitter things. You can follow me at Connery Hansen on Twitter. If you like Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder, we do a Starfinder podcast featuring uh, me and then uh, four other friends. Then we have a great time. We have like probably a hundred hours of content backlogged just for you to explore and have fun with in a wonderful world of sci-fi adventure and fun. Starship Impala is what that one's called. Starship Impala. And there's only one episode of your podcast, right? It's just a hundred hours long. Yeah, it's not that long, like constantly. <laughs> no one ate or slept for 100 hours. It's really messy. Yeah, I did it once. I never recovered properly. Um, <laughs> you can follow me at Twained on Instagram. It's T-W-A-Y-N-E-D. I mostly just like post photographs that I take. And then on Twitter, Tiami Vice, like Miami Vice, but with D-Y. And that's it. Thanks for coming, everybody. Thanks for coming, everybody.